Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick, and this is episode number 129. 129 episodes in, crew, 144,000 downloads so far. So this is going fun. I'm having fun. Are you having fun? Great. Um, so you guys, I think I might be a little bit of a workaholic. I know you're shocked. I know. I know, me too. Um, so my oldest, Charlie, just started swim lessons and, or not swim lessons, swim team. And this is kind of her first sport that she is enjoying doing. And it's also, oh my God, uh, I feel like this has been a, a mom evolution point with this, is this is the first sport that was three, that's three times a week practice and weekend like swim meets. Um, up until now, we've kind of been in these, you know, elementary, like just on Tuesday afternoons or whatever. Um, and like games are during the week. And now I'm like, wait, there's like weekend stuff. And parents are like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, God. So I was talking to a parent who is a patient and she's like, oh, I saw Charlie starting swim. And I'm like, yeah, she's really liking it. And she goes, well, let me tell you what to expect for these swim meets. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she's like, you're basically going to move in to a gym for the day, like bring everything. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And she's like, because you, you have to be to these things by like 7 or 8 a.m. And then a lot of times they go until 5 and you don't know when your kid is necessarily going. And so you're living in this gym until they get called up. Um, and so bring pillows, bring lawn chairs, bring board games, bring a cooler, um, bring movies, bring blankets. And I'm just like, no, that and she's like, oh, yeah, everybody does this. It looks like like a homeless camp where just like people are setting up little homes because you're going to be in this gym for eight hours. And I'm just thinking, this sounds terrible. I'm just going to make Kirby go to all of them and I'll just be like, oh, sorry, honey. Mom's got to work um, on Saturday now. No, just kidding. Uh, but so she has practice three days a week. That wasn't even the whole point of the workaholic story. So she's got practice three days a week, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays. And they're from four to five. And Tuesdays are the only day that I have backup with another doctor. Um, and I have any chance of getting out of the clinic before 530. Okay. So I have it in my head like, oh, one of these Tuesdays, it would be nice if I could pick her up from practice and just get to see her swim a little bit. I know she'd really like it. So yesterday, um, we had a new patient that was scheduled at 5 that I was going to be with and then all these patients from 5 to 5.30 that Dr. Jess was going to be adjusting and my new patient rescheduled to the next day. And I'm like, well, that's cool. Okay. So I'm like looking and I'm like, well, shoot, today in theory I could leave at like 4.40 and make it because it's only five minutes away to some of her practice and she'd like that, and that that would be nice, um, but I don't really bring it up. I'm like, uh. and then my front desk and Dr. Jess both go like, there's really no reason for you to stick around. Like, we've got the rest of this just fine. And I'm like, um, 
okay, well, that would work because I could leave. And so they're like, yeah, go ahead and leave. And I'm like, all right, I'll do it. So as I'm leaving, there are two people, you know, face down on tables that Dr. Jess is in process of adjusting. There's one person waiting in the waiting room. I have to walk past a patient who's coming in as I'm leaving in my coat. There's a car pulling in to the parking lot because, like, these are the people that Je- I wasn't going to be adjusting them anyways. Jess was going to be the one adjusting. But I was just, like, sick walking to my car, like, oh, I hate that I'm leaving. And there's like 15 to 20 more patients that are still getting seen at the clinic. I just felt like I was leaving. I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like leaving work early. I kind of hated it. Now, on the other end, I will say that I got to swim to watch her for eight minutes. I got to see two laps of her. But when she saw me, she was so happy. And so it is kind of this like weird moment as a parent where you're like, oh my gosh, okay. Yes, I left work early. Yes, I feel really guilty um, that I abandoned my staff, but my kid was so happy to see me. So that'll probably make living in a gym on the weekends in a camp worth worth it, just seeing how happy she is. I don't know. That's what people tell me, right? Otherwise, why why do we let our kids do sports? It's ridiculous. All right. So anyways, listener highlight. Um, So this one is from Emily and it says, thank you for all the work you put into your show. I have gotten so much from it, from business advice to comic relief and everything in between. I look forward to new episodes every week. Thank you, Dr. Emily. Um, And, you know, I just I love getting those from you guys. I know I say it every week, but I just really appreciate it. So today we have a question, um, and I'm going to be honest, because what would you expect from me except just blatant honesty and throwing myself on the sword here? Uh, I'm too late to answering this question for this person. I'm looking at the date I received it, and unless she is pregnant for... um, 13 months, I missed it. So I apologize to the person who wrote this question in. Um, But it is a great question. And I hope that you guys all get something out of it. So all right, let's read and we'll get down to it. So it says I have a question that I don't think you've covered yet on the show. Now, okay, hold on. Side note. I do remember when I got this and I have evidence in the email thread that when I got it, I immediately emailed back and said, actually, our very first episode will help you out. Go listen to it. So even though I'm answering her specific question way too late to actually be helpful in her life, I did tell her right away, go listen to episode number one. It will help. Um, so she said, I would love to hear an episode covering tips and strategies for how to successfully slash smoothly navigate maternity leave. I had my son about two and a half years ago and feel it took a long time to recover from it. Not so much physically, but practice wise. I'm currently expecting our second and would love to make it a smoother transition for our family this time, as the thought has been anxiety provoking early on. What kinds of things should I be doing ahead of time to ensure a smooth transition while allowing me to take a relatively healthy period of time to bond with baby and recover myself? How should we market while I'm on maternity leave? And how is best to announce coming back and transitioning back into my schedule? What are some low stress things I can do at home to keep at top of mind with our practice despite not physically being there? I practice with my husband, so he will be covering the whole practice while I'm away. We share some patients, but for the most part, typically have our own niches that we serve. Um, Thanks so much. Have a great day. Okay, so let's pray and then let's get into this because I do know that maternity leave is something that um, even if you're a male chiropractor listening... um, you don't really have to deal with maternity leave, but you might have paternity leave and you might have a wife that has her own maternity leave and you want to support. So I think it is a really um, important topic for us to cover more than one time on the show. So let's pray. Dear God, um, this topic seems so pertinent as of in the last couple weeks, 
um, paid maternity leave is actually on the forefront of conversation within the United States, with the United States being one of only six countries that does not provide paid leave for the woman. Um, as as chiropractors, um, as women, as humans who who are listening, who really understand the importance that is placed around those first months of life in a child's life and those first months postpartum in the woman's life, um, we understand that that is a very, very precious time that so much is happening in healing and evolving and growth and development on both the mom and the child and the family that that child is uh, earthside into. So it's a struggle. So many women are, air quotes, forced to going back into practice earlier than they want. Just be with the moms and the families and the babies as they navigate very difficult conversation and deciding what is right. Um, I don't know if I have an opinion on whether we should or should not have our government. It'd be really nice. I can tell you I would much rather the government pay for my associate's maternity leave instead of me. Um, but just help those, those in power, those making decisions to make decisions that are in their, that they believe are the best interest for the people that they are voting and making decisions for. That's all we can ask of our government at any time is to stay open-minded and to help serve and love those who voted them in. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. So like I said, episode numero uno, number one, for those that do not speak Espanol. Um, was all about maternity leave. Uh, in that episode, I have no idea what I say. You guys, you think you don't like listening to your voice? I don't really like re-listening to episodes either. The only episode I have ever re-listened to was that of Bobby Vorman's. Um, and that was, uh, episode one was 129 weeks ago, which is insane. It's insane. Um, so I don't know what I said. I do know I shared a lot more of the details of what happened with my maternity leaves, how long I took with each one, um, some of the funny stories that I got coming back. So if you're if you enjoy today's, go back and listen to number one as well, because I guarantee you I say a lot of different things. Who knows? For all I know, I completely contradict myself in what I say today versus what I said back then. You know the great news? That's okay. Um, because I'm sure if I said something in episode one that I, you know, really believed I was, you know, was the right thing to say then, I bet you there were people who heard it and were like, mm, that doesn't resonate with me. And then they, if I contradict myself now, like, they'll go like, oh, cool. I like that answer better. Or, you know, I just really believe in keeping open minds I have no problem if I do say something today that contradicts what I said back then, because I think that we have lots of opinions on different things. And as humans, we are allowed to gain wisdom and knowledge and sometimes hindsight, even when you're far further from the event, like sheds different knowledge. So enjoy that one as well. Okay. Funny story about how often I do contradict myself though. It's not that I mean to. I just feel the need to be opinionated on everything, even things where I don't maybe need to be. Um, this is probably one of my favorite stories on how quickly my mind can be changed, though, and why I try not to get down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories because it's dangerous for me. Uh, so this one time, my husband and I are watching commercials. So this was obviously a couple years ago because we were watching commercials. Um, and it, they had one of those countertop like make your own seltzer things okay like you know what i'm talking about and i remember watching the commercial and thinking and i said to kirby that is so stupid who would want that when you can just buy Lacroix and bubblies why would you want this item cluttering up your countertop and have to go through the process of making your own that's the dumbest thing ever to which kirby goes i don't know 
it kind of makes sense. Like you could make like really cool herb infused ones. Um, you could probably make like your own tonics and like use them in like cocktails and and like I don't know what else he said. But within his like 15 to 20 second description of why actually seltzer is a good idea, an at-home seltzer maker is a good idea. I was like, that's amazing. I want one. <laughs> and he called me on it. He's like, are you serious? You flipped a 180 from like in 15 seconds? I'm like, well, yeah. So this is why I was never on debate team, because I probably would have gotten up and talked and then the other team would have gone and have been like, oh, well, now I understand how complicated the issue is. But in reality, aren't most things not really black and white? Okay, we're not getting on that tangent. We're going to get, we're answering the question today. Okay, so I think that there's a lot going on here. As per many people's real life situations, they're not um, black and white and easy to answer. So I think one of the root issues, and we're going to talk more about it at the end of the episode, is this you know, this idea that you need to recover as fast as possible. Okay, so as society, we kind of call this around postpartum the bounce back, right? Um, and as chiropractors, we don't just expect our bodies, you know, a lot of society is all about the bounce back of the body. Um, very few, very few parts of society are thinking at least consciously, about the bounce back mentally. Um, but as entrepreneurs, we not only worry about whether our bodies are going to produce enough milk or whether we're going to, you know, regain our core strength so adjusting is the same. We're also worried about our practice, like the money aspect of thing of like, will all of the work I've done go away because I took six weeks off? eight weeks off, whatever it is, 12 weeks off, whatever yours is. Um, if you go back and listen to episode one, I took six weeks off with my first and five with the second. Um, and that was not necessarily a right or a wrong. It kind of seemed in the moment like what I needed to do. So as chiropractors, we do all this like you know, worked in the beginning while we're pregnant to be like, all right, I am just going to have this baby and I'm going to bounce back into practice and in life and with my family as if nothing happened. And like, we're not going to skip a beat. And like society kind of uh, subconsciously sends us all these messages that that's what needs to happen. And I actually have kind of put a halt on some or like, I don't want to say put a halt, but I've drawn attention to some of the language that I've even noticed my front desk saying to our pregnant patients when they come back, like a, a lot of like body stuff of just like, oh, my God, you look amazing. You look like you didn't like kind of like commenting on like, are you back in your old jeans? Oh, I hate you. You know, like and I'm just like, oh, can we just I don't know. I want to be proud of a woman if that was important to her, but we also don't know what her experience is. Maybe she's dealing with postpartum depression and is not eating. And that's how she is back in her skinny jeans. And that is also causing her to lose her hair and not make milk because she can't eat because she, you know, like we just don't know people's story. And, or maybe she is like really not doing healthy things because she, getting skinny is important. We just don't know. And so it's so hard when it comes to how you support a woman mentally and physically postpartum is really just not make assumptions and just be aware that they're consuming a lot of bounce back expectations, at least on a subconscious level, and being conscious of how you uh, speak to her and uh, like kind of pour love into her and just having that consciousness around it. So I will say that you might not like my answer and that's okay. That's okay. Who knows? A year from now, I might not like my answer. And if I do another maternity episode, I might contradict myself again. Um, and my husband who's listening and editing will go, really? That's your advice? That's not what you did? I'll be like, listen, bitch, do as I say, not as I do. I've already covered the fact that I might be a workaholic and it's not healthy. Um, so my advice 
isn't necessarily my experience or my story, um, but a lot of it is. And I, you'll understand as I say more. So what can you do while pregnant? Stabilize, stabilize, stabilize. Now, I mean this in many different realms. I mean this in your physical body. Um, do what you can. Pregnancy takes over women's bodies in completely different ways. If you are not, uh, if you haven't been like much of a weightlifter, you know, you know this, you're a chiropractor, now might be a great time to do some light prenatal weight training, just helping your body get stronger so you can get back to adjusting a little easier. I mean, again, sorry, not trying to do the whole bounce back thing, but ultimately we are smart. We know that muscle tone really helps support a strong musculoskeletal system and will help your body get physically back into practice. Um, it's also been shown to help with easier birth outcomes. Okay. Stronger moms who can be in the squatting position for longer, move around. You know, it's kind of, they say like it's a marathon, not a sprint. So be looking into things like birth fit and seeing what can you be doing for your physical body to really physically and mentally prepare. So in addition to strength training, maybe it's doing meditations about letting go and relinquishing control, you know, getting that in that good state. You have no control over whether you deal with some baby blues or postpartum depression, um, but making sure you're supplementing with vitamin D and doing as much as you can, you know, can help. We know this. We know this. We're chiropractors. So in addition to prepping your mind and body and doing those things now to help have the best outcome within your power, I would say start looking at overheads. Okay. Um, I don't know. You say it took two and a half years the first time. I'm curious. I would love to know more. We should grab coffee. But like, was it really two and a half years or were your expectations going to be that, you know, what I find is that a lot of women who, let's say they're growing, they grew 10% the previous year. Um, they take a maternity leave and they plan on coming back, not having dropped it all and then growing 10% that next year, if not 15 to 20%. Um, and so if in your mind, it took you three to six months to get back up to where you were before you left, and then it took you another two years before you were on the same growth trajectory, I would argue that those are different things. And it did not take you two and a half years to recover. It took you a couple months to get back up to those numbers. Um, and that might be normal. Okay. Like this is where I said, you might not like these answers and I'm going to give you a ton more of helping you try and not make this happen. But it's kind of like, like, look at your practice like your body, like you would talk to a mom in your practice who's saying like, well, um, I'm going to have this baby and then I, I need to be able to get back to running marathons. Like, how can you help me like get back to running marathons? And it's like, OK, there are things we can do, but ultimately there's a, so much that's out of your control. And is that even healthy? Is that healthy for you to be doing a 10 mile run as if nothing happened eight weeks postpartum? Like, mm, no, you know, so when you're looking at any of the shame or judgment that happened on this first time, I just need you to reflect and meditate a little bit with that of like, are you, are you judging yourself how things happen the first time and holding yourself to the, a standard that may not be healthy or realistic on this second time? Only you know the answer. So as far as finances, I think one of the greatest things you can do is setting up your home and business in a way that does not put pressure on you to bounce back immediately. Yeah, I know. Would workaholic Lauren like this? No. But like, let's say you're seeing 100 people a week when you go on maternity leave. Can you set? Now, I believe that your comfort thermostat, like I've talked about the Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins, what you're comfortable with and what you're not. I believe your thermostat, even if you come back to, from maternity leave, and you're only seeing 50 people a week, I think you will get up to 100. Like it, it will recover because you're used, you've set that baseline as what is normal and you will just get there relatively easy. But are, who are we to say that that is 
bad or unhealthy that you need to regrow. Like, who are we to say that if your practice does tank by 40 to 50%, that that process of recovering isn't healthy or normal, okay? Like, both of my practices went down 40% on both ones within six weeks. That's why I went back to practice sooner than, um, you know, like, but guess what happened? Like, I don't know how many months it took to recover, but it didn't happen right away. And like, we just don't know. And we just kind of like put this expectation that like, I want it to maintain. And it's like, that'd be fantastic if it maintains. But don't beat yourself up if you kind of need to do some work slowly when you come back to recover from it. So what can you do to take as much stress off yourself? Uh, reduce overhead. Look at your personal finances at home and go like, all right, how can we, if I want to spend, let's say you want to spend three to six months with your baby. Okay. You might need to live a little smaller than you're living right now. If you don't have to, fantastic. But what can you do if the longer you want to spend at home with your baby, the leaner you need to be willing to live during that time? This is my advice. I'm sorry if you don't like it. It's okay if you disagree. Um, but embrace that like there's a good chance numbers are going to dip. It's okay. You are going to recover when you return. But find out where you can live leaner. Mentally prepare to live smaller during that time while you're on maternity leave. You can also do this at the practice. Um I would never, I should, I should never say I would never. Um, I, we have never chosen during times where we needed to lean out, um, lean, like skim, reduce overhead, not like get skinny. Uh, we've never chosen to lay people off, like during COVID or any of that, we kind of always insured jobs. So that wouldn't be my first choice. Um, but let's say that you have a uh, hourly person who's a stay-at-home mom who doesn't mind like cutting back hours for a while she doesn't mind that at all then maybe that's a thing um maybe you put some subscriptions on pause just looking at where are you spending your money you know you t you bring up marketing okay i'm not gonna lie the new patients you get while you're on maternity leave they're crap you don't want a bunch of new patients while you're on maternity leave Okay. You just don't, you don't. So how should you market while you're on maternity leave? I don't know, bare minimum. Like this is all about stabilizing and not about growth while you're gone. It's realistic expectations here because you, I'm sure many, many women can attest that when like somebody else was covering, it's just weird. You come back and it's like, you're the substitute, not the real teacher. And you got these, like, it's just a little awkward. So I, it's not saying don't take new patients. Uh, don't, don't worry. I would rather you have two new patients the month you're on maternity leave and then 20 the next, the first month you're back. That will be better. So really don't worry about marketing too much until, um, you are back or coming back. That's where you might want to plan on like, all right, um, the week before I come back and the first two weeks I'm back, we're going to run a new patient special. Okay. Um, really look at your retention system. Okay. This is for current patients. They're, one of the best ways that we have found to retain patients is through a lot of the automated tech systems. So there's a bunch of them. SCED, ReviewWave, um, oh God, Zingit. But these are tech systems that allow, like if somebody's falling off the schedule to, um, you know, to, uh, it'll automatically text them and say, hey, you're due for an appointment. Look at your systems. Where are where is the back door to your clinic open where patients fall off? When you have a busy shift, um, do you have a way where like to detect, like are you doing things before a team meeting to identify who's scheduled out and who's not? When it comes to scheduling out, I did say this in episode one and I agree with it still 100% to this day, is schedule all of your patients through your planned maternity leave return. What do I mean by that? Let's say that you are planning on taking eight weeks off before coming back. And you said your husband is going to be covering, which is great. Um, 
schedule them out. So be like, okay, Sally. So um, just to make things easier since, you know, my husband is going to be focused on learning your medical history and making sure your adjustments are the same. I'm taking as much of the clerical work off of him of not worrying about what your frequency or wellness plan is. So I am planning, I don't know, let's say it's March and you're planning on coming back on May 1st. I'm just like, okay, so I'm due around the beginning of March. My plan is to be back May 1st. So what I'm going to do, as long as you don't mind, I'm going to just schedule you through to May 1st when I plan on being back so he can focus on being the doctor and not worrying about scheduling you. You okay with that? She'll say yes. Get as many of your patients scheduled out as possible. Schedule them out. Um, you know, it's a really great time in these months if, to be doing progress exams. If you're not a progress exam doc, now is the time. Do progress exams. Touch base with your patients going like, you are doing amazing and really making sure that they have a clear vision of what, why they're doing chiropractic, what your goals are with them, how you're planning on reaching them. Um, don't make too much of a big deal about like, well, I'm going to be gone. Like in this point, you know, just touch base and be like, okay, that's fantastic. I think that staying every other week for the next six months is fitting your lifestyle really great. Just having those touch points with them. Um, and also, now's a great time to love on them. Now, I did say that you want to watch your overhead. So I don't know. Only you really know whether this makes sense or not. But like whether this is a gift to all of your patients who've been with you for 50 visits or longer. Or, you know, even if it's your writing a like small note, thank you note, a personal thank you note to two of your best patients every week from now until the time you're on maternity leave. Nothing crazy. Just like I wanted to let you know how, you know, much I'm honored that you trust me to take care of your patients or your family, you know, like just touch base in a heartful, grateful way. Um, people will stick around for you. So, you know, this is really like now's the time to lean into that aspect of like reminding them they love you. So just be patient while you have this baby. Oh, so inconvenient. Reproduction. Um, so I know you said your husband is covering for you. So I'm but I am going to do a little side tangent just in case you were questioning whether now is the right time to bring on an associate, because I do know it's a huge thing when I'm talking to female docs is they go, they plan on bringing an associate in as their relief doc and um, then plan on keeping them on as an associate. If God willing that works out smoothly for you that's your plan and that works great somebody the universe brings you somebody who you want to keep around for years and years and they mesh amazing with your practice um great get them but don't stress about that being your number one plan that should be like a secondary plan of like yes if the perfect person comes along i'd be willing to hire them but I would much rather you just focus on getting coverage, coming back to practice with whatever happens, whenever your plan is and whatever ends up happening with the birth and the baby, and then making a decision from there that, yes, you do want an associate. There's a couple different reasons here. And like, I know people are like, what? No, getting an associate to do your maternity coverage is the greatest plan ever. Sure, it can be. It can also just like burn in flames. So here's why. <laughs> Remember when we talked about like overhead and like how focusing on keeping your overhead really low uh, around that time where you're on maternity leave and coming back from maternity leave is really helpful. Adding a doctor's salary is not that helpful. Um, so also finding the right person in time training them adequately and then kind of like leaving and coming back you're gonna feel very uh more like you need to like babysit while they're still in practice and then when you come back like this this doc has um 
taking some ownership. Okay. So like there's just sometimes it can work out great, but other times what happens is you come back and you're like, oh, the practice still went down because me, the owner wasn't here. And I was hoping it would actually grow while I was gone. And now we don't really have enough patience for two docs. And I thought I was going to want to work part-time. This is another one. People assume that they only want to come back part-time, but I kind of don't, I kind of want to be back full-time. And now I have this employee. So I'm just saying, again, one last time, if it works out, great, great. If you find the perfect person who you can train in time, keep them. But if you're pregnant and you're like, well, shoot, I think I, I think now's the right time to bring on a maternity or like an associate, not necessarily. Just focus on getting amazing coverage from an, from an amazing doc. And when you return, if... Your mindset is that you still want to cut back in hours or if your numbers still suggest that you need extra hands, um, you know, then look at hiring an associate. Um, But I would much rather that training process happen with the right person in the right time and your practice can support it. So many of the times, if you go back and listen to the Melissa Kolb episode, for those that are like, no, I think I need an associate, um, go back and listen to the Melissa Kolb episode and see if there are things you can be doing while you're pregnant to actually not make yourself need an associate for a little bit longer and just hold on a little bit longer if possible. Um, So... The amount of time that you want to take off. I don't know. I just, you're asking a workaholic here. I know you didn't ask about how long you should take off. For every chiropractor, it's different. It's really, really different because money is on the line. Let's be honest. Like if we remove money from the situation, I would not have gone back to work at five weeks. I like work and I still wouldn't have done it. So we need to, We what we want to do is we want to make a plan and prepare. But the fact of the matter is, is that we need to be able to pivot. You can plan and prep all you want, but the number one skill, the number one P that you should be focusing on is being able to pivot when shit actually goes down. Because anybody who's had a baby and anybody who's taken maternity leave knows that things are different. Things are different. You might want, you might think you want to return full time. Maybe you don't. Maybe you are really enjoying your family of four and you want to only go back part time. Oh, P.S. back on the associate thing. As I digress. Um, I believe that it's your patients are going to freak out a little bit that you are not going to come back to work. It's just a natural thing because so many women, as they have babies, cut back on work. That's not a good thing or a bad thing. Um, it's just the reality that happens in our society. Um, you're one of the best things. Like what's nice about just having a practice coverage person versus like, no, this is Dr. Emily that we've hired and she's going to take care of you on your maternity leave. Your patients are more likely to freak out of like, you hired someone, are you actually coming back? Um, Versus if you're like, this is Jennifer, she's going to take care of you for the two months that I'm gone. She's amazing. She's the like the shit, but then I'll be back. They're much less worried. Um, They tend to patients tend to freak out less. So with you like person writing the question, I know your husband is but like, again, be prepared for them to mentally be like, wait, is your husband now my chiropractor? Are you actually going to come back to work? And you, the reality is you don't know, but you want to be able to be like, yes, I'm totally coming back. So when we, when I talk about you need to be able to pivot, I mean like, all right, so let's say you make your plan and you put all your cards in order and everything is going to go smoothly. That's what I did with both, especially with my second pregnant or second maternity leave. I had learned the errors of my ways and I prepped for it so much better. And it still all kind of went to hell in a handbag. So what happens if you have a C-section? Okay, what if you were planning on taking six weeks off, but you have a C-section and there's no way you can return to adjusting for at least three months? What if you were planning on bringing the baby to work with you? And, um, you know, for the first couple months, but then you find out that your dream daycare that is amazing and like 
you know, wears babies and gives them all this organic food and it's wonderful, um, has an opening, but earlier than expected, but that kid has to be full time. Like you might have to be prepared for like, well, shoot, I was planning on bringing my baby to work, but now I don't want to miss up on that opportunity. So I'm going to send my kid to daycare. Um, what happens if a national or a international pandemic happens and your numbers tank? <laughs> that would never happen, right? Um, you know, what if you planned a very aggressive marketing plan that you were going to be going live and you were going to like do all these things about talking about your experience with breastfeeding and that's how you were going to build your practice and work on your practice. But, you know, breastfeeding goes terrible. And so the last thing you want to talk about on Facebook lives is breastfeeding and you, you know, so my experience, I'm a workaholic and I had no desire to do any marketing for the five or six weeks that I was out. Now, if you're planning on being out for three or four months, then great. But what I would say is when you're ready to start marketing, you'll know. And that's when I would let yourself start creating a plan. So don't make this elaborate plan that like, okay, on week four, I'm going to start making Canva posts and Facebook ads and doing this. And then that's going to do this. When it comes to marketing, you might just kind of need to be like, well, let's see how long I do end up wanting slash needing to take maternity leave. If it is longer um, than necessary, longer than we planned, then we will pivot and I will get inspired to start making marketing and doing marketing from home. If I need to go back earlier because numbers are tanking and I wasn't planning on bringing the baby, but I'm feeling physically good and ready to get back, maybe you hire a nanny. Like you get paid a lot more an hour than a nanny, but maybe you literally have a nanny that comes to work with you and you cluster book your schedule so you are breastfeeding um, and pumping or you're pumping or breastfeeding at certain points, like schedule setting things up. But the most uncomfortable part is that a lot of this can be planned, but may not go as planned. So if it comforts you in coming up with all of these details of like, okay, this is, this is what the birth is going to be. This is what I'm going to do to support my patients while I'm gone. This is what I'm going to do to support my body mentally and physically. So I'm able to return at eight weeks. And here's how we're going to have the baby. I'm only going to go back 50%. And then while that, my mom is watching. And then I'm going to pump and we're going to set up our schedule this way so I can breastfeed on my lunch hour. If that gives all of that gives you comfort, then do it. Schedule out your detailed plan, your ideal plan um, down to a T. But I was talking to someone the other day and they said that um, their midwife actually doesn't like talking about a birth plan, but a birth map. And there's all these new things. I As soon as I have time to breathe, I'm going to start looking at this more, but like birth mapping because it allows for more real life to happen. So I think it's a great idea to have a map for what you're going to do ideally while pregnant. But girl, you're in your first trimester. You said in this question, what happens if you need to go on bed rest? Like there's just so much. You know this like from the first child, I'm sure. But the second child teaches you that much more life lessons um, that there's a plan. But you're going to really need to be able to pivot in the moment. Um, again, and a lot of times when people go like, oh my gosh, you went back to work after five weeks. Here's the deal. I had no problem going back to work at five weeks because my I saw my clinic tanking. <laughs> I saw patients who I loved and loved me saying, I'm just going to wait until Dr. Lauren's back. Um, and I was able to have my sister come up and nanny for me and take care of my baby, my baby, our baby, Kirby's and my baby. Um, I didn't, she didn't know because there were like things that were happening in her life. She had no idea that she was going to be able to nanny. But like as the chaos started to happen and unwind, you just start to find solutions. 
Because as you were saying, the anxiety is setting in because what you're trying to do is solve every single problem that could come up and you cannot do that. Trust that you've got a good game plan. And if it goes to hell in a handbasket, you're going to be fine. And you and your husband are going to pivot first based on what the health needs physically and mentally of you and your baby are. And second, practice. And if the practice need, takes six months, a year, two years to get back to where you think it should be, that's okay. Like I'm telling you, it's okay. You're like, Lauren, easy for you to say. And I'm like, no, it's not easy for me to say, but I do know you only have so much control over it. And a healthy version of you that is not trying to hold on to control is going to be the best thing for all scenarios. The real issue is the bounce back. It's what we started this episode with, this harsh you know, thing of like, how can I make sure that I recover and bounce back as if nothing happened? That's not what you wrote, but basically that is what... People want to know, how can I not skip a beat? And that's not realistic. You're bringing a human into the world. And so instead of thinking like, how can I recover? I would love for us to ask, you know, reflect if you're pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant, instead of going, how am I going to recover and get back to normal as fast as possible in practice, in body, in mind? think, how can I embrace the life-changing events that are going to happen to me and this new human that's happening and our family? And how can we as a family and a practice evolve? You've never been a family of four before. You don't know. Maybe you're so much better set up for recovery than you were with the first one. Maybe the learning curve took you down. Like, maybe like things are just different now. I can tell you. So like, we're obviously at least two and a half years later, because you said it took two and a half years to recover. I can tell you my practice is so much more stable two and a half years later, two and a half than it was two and a half years ago. My systems and procedures are cleaner. It's just kind of something that happens. You get more fine tuned with your marketing. You know what works, you know what levers to pull. So like, I can assure you that you're probably a much better, well-oiled machine than you were the first time you went on maternity leave. And you can't anticipate what is going to be right for you. You can't. You don't know what you're going to feel when that baby comes earthside. And you can't anticipate what is going to be the right move for you and your husband and your children and your practice. And so... Be more thinking of like, how am I going to evolve through this? How will I embrace the change? How can my practice evolve? So like that might looking, for all we know for you, that looks at keeping the same numbers you're seeing, but lowering your overhead so you're more profitable. In, maybe you've been on the treadmill of like, grow, 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 more, 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 more. And having the second child is going to actually make you realize that you don't want to be in practice 35 hours a week and that you want to be just as profitable only being there 20 hours a week. But I, I said this to my um, my staff whenever they're pregnant is I go like, we make a plan that you're going to come back because you they, they say they want to come back. But ultimately, I'm not going to trust a word you say until you're a month postpartum. Like, just don't know. Because God teaches us lessons through so many different ways and experiences. So have that map and be prepared to do what's right. Um, because you can't pretend nothing happens. You can't bounce back as if nothing happened. You can't bounce back like you didn't skip a beat. And nor should you pretend like it is okay if your body needs time to heal. And during that time, your practice isn't fully recovered. You're not fully recovered. Like, that's okay. So maybe the priority is your body physically and mentally recovering and then the practice recovers. We just don't know. So instead of ignoring how complicated it is, because it is so complicated, Owning your own business, I think we think that there's a right way to do this maternity leave thing, um, that somebody's figured it out 
and they figured out that as long as you have the perfect birth and the perfect baby that does the perfect sleep schedule and you do the perfect preparation and you have the perfect retention plan and you have the perfect marketing and the perfect body and the perfect brain that as long as you plan accordingly then it all work out great and we're kind of searching for like who's got who's got the blueprint for it um and i think in hearing this everyone goes like oh shoot there's too many variables there's too many variables so go and listen to episode one um and i hope that you know there was definitely some tangible stuff in this for those who are like thanks a lot lauren so you told me just to take a chill pill and let life happen um a little bit no no there are definite smart things that you can do to prepare um, your finances and your body and your practice. But yes, it does come down to like, you can plan, but ultimately you're just going to need to trust that you can pivot. So I'm sorry that I answered your question way too late, right? When you hear this question, you're going to go, oh, that was my question. Thanks for nothing. Um, I already had the baby in maternity leave. Shoot me a message. I'd love to hear how your maternity leave went. Hopefully you did go back and listen to episode one. Um, For those of you that are pregnant, I hope this helps. Um, And if this episode was helpful, I would love if you screenshotted it and shared it on your social media or on Facebook um, because maternity leave and chiropractic is a major thing that women have to go through and navigate and it's weird and sticky and um there's you know like I said so many landmines and we're all just looking to do it the best we can so if this helped you I trust it'll help someone else so please share it all right she slayers until next week bye Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Don't wait.